Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. This is Barbecue Nation After Hours with JT. You know, the conversation that took place after the broadcast ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Everybody, welcome to After Hours here on the Barbecue Nation. Uh, we thank you for being with us this week. In case you missed the regular show, you can still find it out there, of course, on Captivate, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Apple, uh, yeah, Stitcher, all that stuff. God, I don't even know all the names anymore, um, but it's out there. Anyway, we're talking with Alan Dixon from Pig Out Roasters. Uh, up in St. Catharines, Ontario. Alan's got a great story about immigrating from Scotland and then developing his his business. And um, he was already in the business, sort of, but then when he got here to North America, he really took off. So, Alan, we were talking about scotch. Here's my scotch. Here, Well, I can't tell you all my scotch stories. One, there's too many of them, and uh, we don't have enough time in a week to go through all those. But I started drinking scotch back in uh, about 1980, I guess, 82, somewhere back there. Um, I was in Louisville, Kentucky, and of course, that's one of the bourbon capitals of the world, and I was a bourbon drinker at that point. I was a pretty young guy, uh, but got to the hotel that night when the event was over, and you couldn't get a drink for some reason, probably because it was really late. But my buddy and I, he had a bottle of Cuddy Sark. And um, Cuddy's not the smoothest thing in the world if you're a r- rookie rookie uh, scotch drinker. But uh, hold on a second. Sorry about that, guys. Um, but anyway... We made it. We made it through the Cuddy Sark, and after that, I never went really back to drinking bourbon. And then I discovered a few years later, uh, single malt started coming into the states more prevalently, and then I found some Macallan and you know Glenfiddich and Glen Levitt and different things like that. And so, uh, if you come to my house, you'll have a ample selection of Scotch, and you'll find a a bottle of vodka and a bottle of bourbon and a bottle of rum. So there you go. Um, that's a very abbreviated version. So how much you, you were an expert because you grew up there. You had to understand the differences in the scotches and stuff. How did you brought them to Canada with you? Uh, how much did you bring and what did you bring? Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> um, when I was in Scotland, uh, a friend of mine used to deal with the um, distilleries. They used to buy the uh, the maltings and for cattle feed when he yeah. sold it to um, the farms. Anyway, he phoned me one day and he says, "Alan, I'm at Brewer's Laddish uh, and they're selling casks of whiskey." 
And I'm like, Alistair, I don't believe you. And he said, yeah, 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 you can buy a cast. I said, like, a whole cast. So in 2006, I bought a whole cast of Dirk uh, Larich. And it was put in bond, and it cost me £750. And in 2018, when it was 12 years old, I sold it back to the distillery uh, for £1,500. <laughs> and they also, uh, just to sweeten the deal, gave me 36 bottles of the whiskey and to have my own label put on it. There you go. So, and I also, um, they asked me how, what strength I would like it bottled at. So I had it bottled at cask strength, which is uh, 50% ABV. Right. So it, it, uh, it put tears in the chest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet it does. <laughs> I bet it does. Um, yeah, I do that. But one problem I do have is it's all residing over in, the, in Scotland at the moment because... Um, uh, the customs and governments in both the UK and Canadian um, would want way too much money for me to import it here. So I have to kind of smuggle it back every time we go back Aye. to the UK. I got um, it. And also when some of my friends come out, they all bring a couple of bottles each time as well. Um, so we have to smuggle it over. We used to... Um... <laughs> Don't get any ideas, people. This is not a show about smuggling, but um, I showed ho- I showed horses for years, and we and we showed a lot in Canada, out in the BC and Alberta. And when we would buy stuff in Canada, um, we would put it in the tack trunks. We had a great big horse van. We had an eleven horse van, big diesel truck, and all that stuff. And there was a big storage room in the front of the trailer. Um, and we had these huge tack trunks, which are probably three feet high and four and a half feet long. And God, they weigh everything. Um, and you know, we would put our supplies and stuff in them. Anyway, we would put the, whatever we bought, we would put them in the bottle of the, the bottom of those tack trunks and we would put them in the van first. And then we would stack all kinds of ancillary stuff over around and on those trunks. So it was you really had to want to get into them to take everything out of the trailer and do that. But that's how we always brought our Canadian booze home was, was that way. And, and anyway, that's probably not very interesting to people, but it was a lot easier than trying to, you know, keep an extra bottle under the seat of your car when you're driving through the the customs check there. But anyway, it was all good. Um, Tell us about how the, you know, the culture has changed for you from growing up and living in Scotland for a while, most of your life until you immigrated over to North America. But has that been a big change on you and your family? Um, yes, it has. Um, all three of my kids went to university and all three of them are engineers of different disciplines. Um, we are... It certainly um, helped Anne and I um, because when you're in hotels and restaurants and bars, you're always in, on the edge, and it's, it's, I'm not a happy, not I wasn't a happy person there. Yeah. 
you had so many things going on. It was just that. And the, and the legislation over in Scotland is getting worse and worse and worse. So then when we moved over here, we just kind of had to hit the reset button and we have we spent more time um, enjoying ourselves and visiting different parts of the States. We've been all over the States. We do trade shows in uh, Chicago to uh, Vegas, San Diego, Puerto Rico, sure. Nashville, Miami. We've been all over the place. And we love to travel and we've now got, um, you know, the way we've got the business running, we can afford to do that. And um, we can afford the time more than anything else to, to do it. And, right. And uh, we enjoy it. Well, excellent. Because excellent. Every time you go somewhere, there's always the excuse that we have a customer to see. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hey, did you ever... Now, get all my money. <laughs> there you go. So here's a real smart-ass question for you, Alan. So forgive me. Okay. But did you ever try to cook haggis on your... On your pig out cooker? <laughs> no. Okay, good man. Yeah. yeah. We um what we've done with Haggis, I, I don't know if you're familiar with what a beef wellington is. No, probably take the whole tenderloin of beef. Oh yeah. And you see you sear it in a pan and then you um just spread some mustard on it and then you, you you're supposed to put the, the classic dish is um a, a, a mushroom dixel, which is just like uh, sorted up, chopped up, sorted up mushrooms, and you wrap it in that. Then you wrap it in pastry, and then you cook it in the oven. Uh, when right. the pastry turns golden brown, you take it out and you cut it, and you've got a perfect um, medium layer beef tenderloin, and you just cut these steaks and it's covered in pastry. It's fantastic. So what we did is instead of using the mushrooms, um, we wrapped it in haggis. Oh. And it's <laughs> It, so, it, it what? It's so good. Oh, it's so good. I wasn't sure yeah, what you said uh, there. Yeah, uh, tenderloin, and you, you 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 just wrap it in haggis, and then you wrap that all in, in puff pastry and put it in the oven, and it's just it's fantastic. I don't know a lot of people that, and I do another show. It's a golf show, so I talked to a lot of golfers that. Right. Travel and then of course they've all most of them have been to Scotland and played. And I've got some good friends that go over there every couple of years and stuff, but mm -hmm. I don't know any of them that have voluntarily told me that they've eaten haggis yet. I'm not sure. I don't I, I think they're being chickens about doing it, you know, but uh well, I'm not sure. It's uh it's really good. It's just um yeah, it's, it's basically lamb, and I know lamb's not that popular over here in the States, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's just basically lamb. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And heart and, you know, it, it's some good spices. Oh, it's great stuff. Great stuff. Um, and you must, you must, when you're eating haggis, sorry, this is uh, another, just a legal, legal point here, you must put a measure of whiskey over the haggis before you eat it. I can. Tomato ketchup. Well, in Scotland, you use malt whiskey. I uh, I could do that. I yeah. could. Uh, one one for the haggis and two for me. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Does that work? Where's yeah. the um, couple of fun things here? We usually do, Alan. Where's the worst place that you ever had to cook? Oh, can be indoors, outdoors. I don't care. But where's the worst place you ever had to cook? 
worst place. Uh, we did an event for um, a couple who were, um, I'm going to put this, very snobby, and they insisted that I cooked the pig in this certain part of the, their backyard. Uh-huh. And in this part of the backyard, there's a massive um, wasp's hornet's nest. Oh, my. And I said, I can't stand here and do this because the pig roast attracts these. I know they insisted it had to be there, and I wasn't allowed to be any closer to the house or the pool or anything. They had a massive backyard. And, it, you know, so that, that, that didn't please me very much trying to fight with a bunch of wasps. No, 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 no. Is... Other, other places. Um, oh, I tell you what, we had uh, one of the top chefs in Toronto was doing a, a big opening for a new hotel company called Soho, and they wanted us to do a pig roast on the rooftop of this building in Toronto, and we actually had to dismantle the roaster oh, to get it up in this lift, and then we had to get it around a set of stairs to get it onto the roof. That wasn't a, that wasn't much fun. I could have seen that guy far enough. <laughs> um, you know that's that's funny you said that because I had a a group of people that wanted me to come cook on a rooftop this year. Uh, it didn't work out unfortunately, but because I thought it would be kind of fun because I didn't have, all I had to do was show up and cook. You know, I didn't have to like haul anything. I could bring my knives, I guess, and whatever I wanted, but I didn't have to haul any of the cookers or anything up there. But they wanted me to to go up and cook with their chef up there. And then the the servers would take the food down to the people, but it never materialized. I mean, I've been on plenty of rooftops, especially of hotels, probably when I wasn't supposed to be in my life, but uh, I never had to cook on one. So it would be, yeah. it would be fun. Um, yeah, that was a challenge. What brings you your greatest joy these days? Your happiness? Oh, we're going to club? No. Um, I, in business, I, I love it when I get phone calls from people who are using the roaster for the first couple of times and they phone me up and they just gush with how easy it was, what they've done with it. I, I saw the roaster to a guy out in um, Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, and he wanted to know if he could cook geese on it. So, yeah, put the like on it. Anyway, he was on the phone on, on Saturday telling me what a fabulous um, meal he provided for everybody who eight geese or something on it. Yeah. And uh, it turned out perfect. And his only problem he had was that the geese were ready before he was expecting them to be ready. He was expecting it to be something like putting them in the oven at home and it was going to take so many hours. And then he we suddenly realized that the, because of the rapidity action of the, the roaster um, and the efficiency of it, the geese were ready before he was expecting them. He said, but they were absolutely perfect. And he was just gushing. I, I love to hear people's stories. Um, and, and a lot of our customers share photographs with us. And, and that's really fantastic as well. Oh, sure. Because you get to put a, you know, a, a face to the names. I mean, my face is plastered all over the uh, the website and people come on the phone talking to me as if I've 
met him at the pub, you know. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I don't know them from Adam. Right. And, uh, right. And so it's nice to, to, have, um, to have that. Um, that ticks my box, I guess. There you go. Alan, I appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate you sticking around for after hours. We will check back in on you um, as time goes on, and I I do so appreciate your time. Well, I've only got one um, regret, I'm afraid, Jeff, and uh, that's that you don't stay closer because you sound like the kind of guy I could sit down at a bottle of whiskey and have a good <laughs> old chit chat. We can do that. Well, we got Zoom. We could we could Zoom meet and do that and oh, yeah. just have our bottles on our desks there or something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that one of these days. Yeah, not quite the same. Okay. Um, oh, um, one other quick question. Sure. You mentioned a knife company, Gunter Williams Knives. Yes. Could you send me a link to their um, website? Sure, I'd love to. Um, the reason I'm, I'm saying that is we tried to do a, a promotion with another company, a knife company, where we were going to give away a barbecue set of knives with every roaster. Uh-huh. And I was wanting them to see if we could uh, you know, put some little pig out logo somewhere on the, on the knives. And it never went anywhere, but if you've got a company that, uh, that, that you're happy to promote, I would like to speak with them and see if we can work out a deal with them. Yeah, I'll hook you up with their um, their head guy, who's the one that okay. made my deal with me. So I'll I'll absolutely, I'll send that to you today or tomorrow, okay? That'd be great. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome. Um, we got to get out of here, and uh, we uh, thank Alan for being with us, Pig Out Roasters from uh, St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, and, and uh Alan will do it again, I promise. Okay, it was a real pleasure. No problem. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours, folks. Until then, be kind to somebody if you possibly can, and uh, have a good week.